Welcome to Dudor Cannons. I'm Byron, and with me as always is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. And here we are, another Dudor Cannons episode. Do we know? 41. 41. 41. Which okay. is XLI. You know, it's at least that's at least one more than what you told us it was last week. So Well, I, I equivocated and now I'm no uh, I'm no longer equ- equivocal. You're just gonna you're gonna own your answer? Yeah. I respect that. Forty one. That's fine. XLI is a lot I hope you guys are enjoying episode forty one of Deuterocannons thus far. And as always, like, share, subscribe, comment, most importantly, tell a friend, but you guys know how to use the internet, so that's enough of that. Please also check out our other podcast, the Allensville Church of Christ, Christ podcast, where we uh, are posting weekly sermons, and we really haven't done any of the like, other stuff in a while. You've been too busy. You have to catch you're, up with that. You're, 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 you're far too important to, to have the time necessary. What? I mean, it's not because I'm important. I'm just busy. Well, I think you're important. Aww. Take a compliment, man. Thank you. I, I, I am a, my love language is words of affirmation. Or at least one of my love languages. So like if I had a button in <sighs> front of me that just said affirm and it like... No, it doesn't. It, it just... That's and it not, said it. No, it's not how it works. And there was a, a light behind me, no. a neon light that also said affirmation. No, it does need to be genuine. Who, who says it wouldn't be genuine? I'd be pressing the button. You would genuinely be pet. I would genuinely press a button. Okay. I'll tell you, the uh, carbonated water and podcasting may not be the best combination. Things, <laughs> things might happen. Yeah. But yeah, so check out Allensville Church of Christ podcast, and, and yeah, we'll at least have weekly sermons up there, and then hopefully we can get back to some of our historic content, and I'll tell you one thing that I was really hoping to do that I have not been able to do on that side yet is some of the really good um, communion meditations that we've had. In fact, I particularly enjoyed uh, Winston's today. And yeah, yeah, it, w- it was really good. And I, I guess uh, this will just be a teaser for people to, to go and check out Allen's Little Church of Christ on Facebook because full yep. worship services can be, right. can be viewed there. Yeah, we haven't plugged that one lately. Okay, so... Uh, is there any other housekeeping we need to take care of? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think we we're gonna have some guests uh, coming coming got, on the podcast. We've got one for sure. We've got one for sure. Another one that we're working on. Yeah, and uh, a list of people to contact. Yeah, yeah, that be that would be fun. I mean, I think we have. <laughs> We don't seem to have too much trouble keeping things going, but there's dead air every once in a while, and it's uh, but it's also good to get some other thoughts in here. So, look forward to that. Okay, so we have two uh, aspects of the fruit of the spirit left, so we're gonna pick up uh, where we left off. Which, man, I was thinking about that when we finally get through the fruit of the spirit. I've got a lot of other stuff I can go back to and use because there's there are several things that I would like to discuss on here and kind of get your take on. Um, yeah, the, the hard thing is is shoot, narrowing down a topic. I mean, not narrowing down a topic, but picking one out of like 12 that yeah. I'm thinking about. Well, you know, and since since we started the Fruit of the Spirit series, like, you know, I've preached two or three more times and then just have other thoughts that have come to me, you know, listening and reading to the, listening to the Bible and reading it uh, on my own. So anyways, but this is also good. So we are on faithfulness. <clears throat> so I guess once again, for those playing at home, if you're, this is your first time tuning in. Uh, I am working through a series. So Justin and I go back and forth each week. I've been working through a series on the fruit of the spirit where this started was with a project we did with the teens in the, uh, class downstairs. Cause the teens are always downstairs, um, where we're trying to teach them how to, uh, a little bit of public speaking. And we use this, uh, matrix or table that's in my, 
NIV uh, study Bible as, as a framework. And so uh, each of them prepared a five to 10 minute talk. And so using this table, uh, the way it's broken down is each aspect, they list the definition and then they have, they have several verses that describe it as an attribute of God. And then several that describe it as an attribute of Christians. And so, uh, with that study and the kids presentation that they did, which can also be found on the Allensville church of Christ podcast, we have, Justin and I have used that to do, uh, an additional, some additional study on here. So we are on faithfulness. Are you ready? Ready. All right. So, as always, we're going to start off by discussing the definition that's listed here, and uh, kind of just so we're 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 agreeing on terms, because again, that's that's what we seem to come back to a lot on here is, you know, we have these church words. I mean, our 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 faith uh, centers around a book, and a book is you know it's full of words. So so we're talking about faithfulness. I feel like you know. Are you ready? Here we go. Ready. <clears throat> faithfulness. It says. Trustworthiness and reliability. Trustworthiness and reliability. Trustworthiness and reliability. Now, I think as always, that's probably not enough. Yeah, I don't. What What are your initial thoughts about that definition? Because you usually start with me. Yeah, and I appreciate that, but maybe you ought to go first. Well, you know, I should probably start by finding the definition that I had brought up in class because uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's enough. I mm-hmm. think that the the thing with the word faithfulness, like when you talk about somebody having faith, so this is kind of how the conversation went, and, and maybe I can find the definition to support it. Uh, I want to say the word fidelity came up as a matter okay. of fact. Yeah. Um, in fact, let me just let me just type this in real quick. Faithfulness definition. <clears throat> uh, okay. So like here's what Merriam-Webster has. It says, um, faithful, steadfast in affection or allegiance, firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty, given with strong assurance, true to the facts, to a standard or to an original. And then they also have, let's see, this is faithful, noun, plural and construction, church members in full communion and good standing, the body of believers in Islam, Okay. You know, I think I might have used like a faithful. Oh, like the faithful. Yeah, I think that's what that is. Yeah. But I think they probably, there's. let's do faithfulness, faithful definition in the Bible. Is this the one I had? Let's see. This. Okay. Is this a biblical definition? It's not. Anyways, let me, let me not waste too much more time here. Um, so I think part of, of uh, the con- the conversation that we had in class is folks tend to hear the word faithful, and I think they will kind of equate it to belief. Like if I have okay. faith, that means I mean to, I, I I believe, which I, I think is not enough. And so immediately I... I, I that t- makes me think of Hebrews. Right. Well, what's the verse peak you read today? From James. James okay. chapter 2. Is it, that right? Is it, it was either 2 or 5. Well, whichever one it was, it's, I, I, I don't know if this is mentioned more than once, but the idea of, you know, even the demons believe. Right. Yeah, and shudder. And shudder. So, so they they take action. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. So there's an element of this where it's not enough to just believe, and so I think this is where the term fidelity came into it. Okay. Um, man, and I, typically what I'll do because we usually do all this work on the whiteboard is uh. I'll yeah, take, you have pretty solid whiteboard usage. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I, I'll try and take a picture of the whiteboard, um, uh, you know, for use later, particularly if it's like for the kids to use mm-hmm. so that they can, uh, uh, you know, like if they weren't for there for class, I'll take a picture of the whiteboard and set it to them so they can use it. And I want to say that the oh, person, cool. the person whose aspect this was, was not there that day. And so, uh, well, cause that, that was sort of toward it's to the end of the list. It is. So, or we might've been just doing this one because there were some left over, you know? So, right. Um, anywho. So I guess I would need to look up a definition of f- fidelity, but maybe I'll just kind of cut to the chase here. The idea was this is it's not just about believing that God exists, but it's also choosing to follow him. So it's almost like being faithful. It, there's, there's an element of, and I think, what was it in here? Trustworthiness and reliability. I think there's also an element of like loyalty as well. Like okay. almost like picking a side. Okay. So, yeah. And st- we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't consider Benedict Arnold to be faithful. Right. <clears throat> Judas is not faithful. Right. Like Benedict Arnold believes that America exists. He just isn't on that side. Much like, again, when we look at the, the demons, like yeah. they believe God exists. They're just not on that side. Right. Right. So I guess that's that's kind of what I think of the definition. You know, I think that, that maybe for this word, like all these words, they're important and they are good. And it's one thing to have a dictionary definition, and it's another thing to see the word used in context. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be good to, to jump into attributes of God. Yeah. And, and to let the scriptures, like the context of those scriptures flesh out what we understand that word yeah. to, to mean, because I mean, the, the, the definition the matrix gives, okay. Yeah. That's good. But I, there, there's more to it. Yeah. Cause what do they have here? Trustworthiness and reliability. So you, you can see where maybe that kind of points to like a consistency like yeah. being about what you say you're about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what we're doing then is agreeing to not agree on the definition yet. The, the definition is, is fine, but I, I think that it's going to be richer than that in context. Okay. Now, full disclosure, that was really whistly. Full disclosure, <laughs> this is a, uh, this is one of the, again, one of the later fruits of the aspects of the fruit of the spirit. So we did not study this one as deeply. So again, there might be some things here that we're kind of uh, figuring out as we go. So first verse, Psalm 33, 4. Psalm... 33, 4. Psalm 33, 4. Don't suppose you have that memorized. No, I don't. Okay. Well, maybe I do. I'm just not there yet. I guess we need some good flipping music. (laughs) Some flipping music. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to say it differently this week. All right, I'm there. I'll go ahead. Okay, go for it. All right. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Maybe just back up a little bit. We'll read a little bit more. Psalm Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him in a ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Man, I want to say I've sung a song that's based off that. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. He is faithful in all he does. All right. What do we think? 33-4. That makes me think of relationship. Yeah. Okay. Which 
Right, man. I, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit in class, which, and I think that was an analogy either, either I or somebody used. And that's probably definitely part of this because that's what's important in a relationship, right, is faithfulness. Well, and I think, again, I think that's where I kind of got to the whole, I, th- I think I said earlier, like, you have to choose a side. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts here that... Um... We'll say some of them into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I was thinking of Bible characters. Okay. I shouldn't say Bible characters, people talked about in the Bible, people described in the Bible. I think I need to get away from the word character because it makes it sound like it's not... That it wasn't a real person. Right. right. So so these real people in the Bible, and then thinking about people who I, who I know who fit that description. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, thinking about the, uh, the what the Hebrew word is, which is not one that, that, is, that, that is as familiar to me as other ones are. Uh-huh. And so, um, like, I've got... I've got a Bible, a regular Bible, print Bible open up in front of me, but then I've also got a uh, an interlinear Bible mm-hmm. pulled up on my phone. Uh, that's just another reference that, that I like to use because you can click on it and see the, like it takes you to the Strong's Concordance and all of that. And it's a, it's a really good word study type of thing. But uh, I mean, think about people in our congregation who we would describe as steady, for example. Okay. You know, steady is is a really good word. I think because it's it's a little bit more literal, right? Or uh, it's 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 a more physical, yeah, sort of word. Faithfulness can can easily be kind of immaterial, okay. But if you think about think about it in terms of, of steadiness, like if the Lord, the word of the Lord is right and true, and He is steady in all He does, and th- and that's one of uh, like like in my my Hebrew um, word study thing I've got here. That's that's one of the uh, one of the synonyms. Yeah, being steady. Mm-hmm. So then that makes me think of God as opposed to, like 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 why would that be something that stood out to, uh, well is it David who it doesn't say who wrote this one but to to the psalmist like why is it that God's steadiness is what what stands out? Well, again, if you go back to ancient mythology and ancient um, ancient religions. Those gods are not noted for their steadiness. Right. They're they're they're, they're not stable. Um, you kind of just didn't know what they were going to do. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no telling, and and there are even other religions, uh, like in in Islam, for example. There's no there's no telling what gods I, what, what God's going to do. I like, was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah, he he does whatever he pleases, and so. There, there's no way that uh, like our conception of even what's right and wrong that we apparently get from him like he's not he's not bound by that he, he's above it he, he's beyond it we can't possibly understand it there's no hope of salvation which you know is part of why uh you know jihad and um like suicide bombings are a thing it's like being a martyr is like the only way you can be sure that you actually, right? You know, end up saved, even. Mm-hmm. Which there's some of that, and Winston said something this morning that I thought was really good. Um, I guess it's something to the effect of thinking less about uh, doing it for yourself and more about doing it for Jesus or something to that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is interesting, and and it might be a thing that, um, 
I guess with my with my cursory, you know, education or understanding of Islam, I think there's an element of that where, right, the understanding is that you can do your best to do all the things the Quran says and uh, get to heaven and still or, or still not go to heaven, right? right. Which is uh, dis disheartening, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that you're not you're not doing what God says because there's something in it for you. You're doing what God says because He's God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if there's maybe something we can learn from that, or if maybe that's kind of what Winston was saying this morning on the one hand, but on the other hand, right? Like, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, yeah, that word hope, like that's another one we could certainly unpack. And I think obviously that's part of it. Right. Yeah. But, and, and again, if a person is, is steady and, and reliable, trustworthy, I mean that that's necessary for a relationship because how right. how do you have a, a a lasting relationship with somebody who might who might fly off the handle? Well, and you know what? At, at any moment, think about the aspect the of of a relationship, and particularly when it pertains to God, where this is probably really important, is when it comes to covenants. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Because the idea is if if you yeah if you have a covenant with an unstable person. You can probably anticipate that it's not going to be kept. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, um, in so so the Hebrew word uh, for for faith faithfulness is amunah. Okay. Which that didn't mean anything to me at first, but it's the feminine version that that ah at the end. Uh huh. That's the feminine suffix in in Hebrew. So if you take that off, you're left with aman. Uh-huh. Which is where we get amen. Yeah. You know, let it be. Okay. So, you know, if, if a person says amen, let it be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ultimately God who, who, who says that, who says that, you know, in, in the New Testament, it says that in Christ is the yes and the amen. Right. In other words, when, when he says it, there's total surety that it shall be. Yeah. Like th- there's no wavering regarding whether or not that, that statement will correspond perfectly to coming present or coming reality. Okay. Let, let me ask you something here, because there's a couple other passages that are, are referenced in Psalm based off verse 4. So they're both in Psalm. Hold on. I can't see that far. Yeah, yeah. sometimes the mic in front of our faces like, interrupts yeah. the All right, Psalm field eight, of vision. So 1825, which says... To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. And then there was also 25.10. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the commands of his covenant. So I guess what comes to mind here, you know, with some of these other aspects, we've, we've said that uh, like God's love is not contingent on our behavior. For mm-hmm. example, um, is there only the way that reads? I, I kind of have a. <laughs> let's see if you think what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Does this sound like that God's faithfulness is contingent on our our conduct? Okay, I, I here here's the idea. I think that that we need to to think about the situation, um, in light of alternatives. Okay, that that's sort of why I, why I mentioned, for example, other gods. And and what we know about you know Baal and Asherah and Molech right. and you know Greek and and Roman 
deities and, and, and the total lack of stability that all of those stories seem to flesh out in, in various ways. Right. Um, let, let's think about uh, God's people in the wilderness, the, the Israelites in the wilderness. Do you remember that really weird thing that it says back in Leviticus where it's talking about the, the sacrifices and speaking of goats, you know, we were talking about goats earlier. Mm-hmm. Part of the, uh, the, I guess, the Day of Atonement was that they would, they would, they would take two male goats, and they would, the, the high priest would cast lots over them, right? And one of them was sacrificed for the sins of the people. Yep. And then the other one, on him was laid. So the one was sacrificed, and the other one, the priest would lay his hands on him and place upon him in in some real way that I don't fully comprehend the sins of the people and send that male goat out into the wilderness. And so one was for sacrifice and one was for, they said, Azazel. Uh-huh. And I, I think, th- did that come up in a, in a podcast at one point? Yeah, you brought this up before. Okay. It's been I'd, a while. Yeah, I don't remember what the context was. But Azazel, this is so weird, is a goat demon. Yeah. And apparently dwelled or was... was con- conceived of as as dwelling in the wilderness and so there, there's something real and, and literal there that that i don't i don't really comprehend but if we just take a step back from that for a second and think about the message to god's people mm-hmm. well their sins don't belong in the camp of god right like that's 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 azazel stuff like that's you know like so so you want to be like a like some like starving billy goat out in the wilderness with demons. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's where your sin leads to death. Okay, right. Like that's that that's a, that's a terrible thing, and so so those two things you just read in Psalms about to the faithful God showing Himself faithful. I get a picture kind of like that situation, right? Because it's like when you're in relationship with God, you're experiencing His faithfulness. Yeah. And the only way that you wouldn't experience God's faithfulness is if you, you know, made like the the goat going out to the goat demon, yeah. and we're we're out in the wilderness where you've separated yourself mm-hmm. from 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 God's from the community of God, right? And so, of course, like that that goat's not probably not experiencing the faithfulness of God because he's yeah. he's out in Azazel country. But, and, and that might be a good way of thinking about human sinfulness. Like it, it's a it's a leaving of the covenant relationship with the Lord, and on the outside of that, I mean, think about what happened to the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, he ditched his father, and he ended up with his face, you know, in the pig trough. Right. Well, I, I think what I was thinking of is um, like, so, so God's the constant, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean, do we say he's unchanging? I mean, that's like, I guess what we're saying when he's steadfast, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess, let me think about what I'm saying here. Cause I mean, we've seen where, where God's had his mind changed before, right? Yeah. Like Moses appeals to him about Sodom and Gomorrah. And yet he's the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. 
And so what what I, I guess what I'm, what I'm thinking of is if somebody suggests that God has somehow not been faithful to them, it's more like a, no, God hasn't changed. You have. Hmm. You're, do something, you're doing something contrary to his will, mm-hmm. right? So, so whatever God's will is, like, that's the, that's the standard. That's the baseline. That's uh, the conduct we should be mirroring, let's say. Right. Well, so you are still you, whether you are on base uh-huh. or at home yeah. or at church or at the ball field. You know, it's and, and, you, and you might, based on the request of your wife, be in one place rather than another. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you've changed. Right. Like y- your, your character, your intent, the, the trajectory of your life is... Yeah. It is consistent. Yeah. Like you're still the same person, even if you move in a, if you choose in your, in, in your free will to, to move in, in one direction rather than another uh-huh. in your, and, and in that, in that moving, you are, you know, expressing your character. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does that, does that make some sense? Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the second one says here, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the commands of his covenant. So, uh, you're inside God's faithfulness so long as you're keeping his commands. If you, are, if you are not, if you feel as though, I mean, if you're outside his faithfulness, his steadfastness, it's because of something you've done. It's not because he's changed. Yeah. Right? Right. And, of course, that doesn't mean that bad things happen only to people who are sinning. Right. Um, yeah, that, that that's not the situation either because there, there's another scripture that says, uh, that that the blood of his saints is is like holy or precious mm-hmm. to the Lord, and yeah. of course that that's complicated. But how many stories have we encountered? Uh, you know, read, watched, or even uh, people that we've talked to, where there there are, it's like the 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 the, the best believers, the the most serious Christians, are oftentimes ones who have suffered the most. Yeah, uh, they've been in the most horrendous situations and in in the midst of that they've seen yeah. god's faithfulness in a in a in a like in that extreme situation the, the the faithfulness is so extreme that that overwhelms everything else yeah okay shall i move on to the next one yeah go for it all right oh we're taking a big jump to the new testament so let's go first what is that first corinthians 1 9 First Corinthians one. I guess it's my turn, isn't it? It is. First Corinthians one nine. Okay, got it. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to back up to four. Yeah. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Man, there's another, 
another situation there where context is so essential. You can't, you can't pull, you can't pull that out of context Mm -hmm. and, and it really make a whole lot of sense. Right. Because clearly what, what he, what he's saying there is that the Corinthians already have received spiritual gifts. Yeah. Um, because of and and through their their confession of of Christ, right? You know they've been baptized into Him and they they have received gifts. And Paul's making the point that their receiving of those gifts should cause them to be just as confident that Jesus is coming back to do even more. So it, it, so the reception the reception of the gifts is evidence of His faithfulness. Yeah, the reception of the gifts is evidence of His faithfulness, but. But the the recognizing of his faithfulness, it's it's because they're, they they have to be steadfast if they are going to, like John says in the first three chapters of Revelation, overcome the the various uh, not just temptations but persecutions that would be sure to come between you know point A being when he wrote the book and point B being either their death or Christ's return, whichever came first. And we know that for all of them, it was their deaths. Right. Okay, so this study Bible is doing what it tends to do. It's got me on a little bit of an adventure right now. Because So let me, let me read through. Let's see if we can work through this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful. He may be tr- This is the note in the study Bible. He may be trusted to do what he has promised. See 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, a note, namely to keep believers firm to the end. Firm to the end was that part of the message. We, is that part of where's the firm to the end coming from? That's in quotes. Uh, I, I think it's it's coming from the fact that it says uh, it's it's pointing them to the return of Christ. Oh, that's in verse eight. He will also yeah. keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that same language shows up in Philippians one. Okay, so First Thessalonians five twenty four. I've got. And this is probably where we should just back up a little bit. Final instructions. That's probably reading too much. I'm just going to back up to like 23. Yeah, 23 is good. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And so then I've got another Mm -hmm. note. Paul's confidence rests in the nature of God. Uh, see Genesis eighteen twenty five and note who can be relied on to complete what he begins. Numbers twenty three nineteen. I mean Genesis eighteen. That's the cutting of the covenant, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm, I, I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm going to flip there real quick. And then we also have who can be relied on to complete what he begins. Numbers twenty three nineteen. So I guess I'll go to that. Numbers twenty three nineteen. Numbers. Oh, G- Genesis 18 is uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. Do you need the verse again? Uh, was it like 1823? Uh, is that what it said? Uh, what did, where did it go? 1825. 25, okay. Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? <clears throat> Yeah, so of course he did do right, and he he saved Lot and his daughters. And even though that that didn't exactly work out mm-hmm. great, yeah, you know, if you keep reading that story, 
he he still I mean if Lot Lot was the best there was mm-hmm. apparently in those cities. Yeah. And he, his wife must have had some unfaithfulness too, you know, right. w- w- with her looking back but and there's so much grace there because you know, if she wasn't steadfast but she still received opportunity. Yeah. to get out and was right. was given every opportunity, you mm-hmm. know. That's interesting the idea of uh grace and faithfulness right mm-hmm. because i mean right like we, we're recipients of his grace because we're because because we can be unfaithful right we, we stray mm-hmm. we are not steadfast yeah he's so he's so faithful i mean of course it wouldn't be possible for for any any of his creatures to to match his his faithfulness right and so yeah that that really might might be an an aspect of his grace like he he made us and he is faithful in giving us every opportunity to know him yeah and with and, and grace really is just a word for how that plays out maybe yeah all right so this portion in uh, numbers 23:19 this is during Balaam's second message, it says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Which I think, uh, so it seems as, as kind of to your to your point, as we work through this, we're, we're definitely kind of working through uh, or working to towards a definition or a better understanding of, of faithfulness. Because, I mean, that right there is, I mean, that's great, right? Mm-hmm is uh he doesn't change his mind he doesn't speak and then not act does he doesn't promise and not fulfill which kind of the point earlier about faithfulness and 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 covenants right yeah and so i i think that that we need to to mention what somebody who isn't faithful might try to bring up as a contradiction because if we know that there were times when people have interceded and god has even said that he's changed his mind like when it came to Abraham, like Moses. So perhaps God might change his mind. I mean, it, it says before the flood, God God repented mm-hmm. of having made man. Right. And yet we, here we have Balaam, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying that God does not change his mind. Yeah. So it seems like there's changing one's mind and changing one's mind. That there's, it, It's got to be talking about... Mm-hmm two different things um so and i think I, i've got to go back to my analogy of of like you know you and your wife or, or me and my wife we might change our minds about a particular thing that we're going to do right on a given day or even for a given year or or a given decade right there might be a change of plan right but that doesn't change our minds about the relationship right like that's that that's completely solid, but what the what the relationship necessitates might might cause our our plan. And I don't mean that God doesn't know the future either, right? But but it, it it's it's clear that in His dealings with us, He has assumed a position of self limitation. Yeah. Such that there there are ways in which He can permit Himself to respond to the situations that present themselves. 
uh, the self-limitation thing, man, I heard something on that recently, and I'm trying to remember what it is, you know, which I guess if I think about it myself, like what's something that comes to mind? So the idea of having to send Christ uh, to free the world from sin, like I, I did a st- study a while ago, and, 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 and kind of what it, let's see if I can quickly summarize the point, though, it was like, because, you know, when you're reading Job, it's almost like, you know, God's in heaven. All of a sudden, Satan shows up, and he's like, just, you know, hey, what's up with Job? And he just mm-hmm. kind of has the freedom to kind of come and go. Yeah. And so, uh, man, this is going to be super summarized. Because there's <laughs> there's tons of verses that were referenced to kind of make this point. But the idea was that uh, God could not deal with the sin of Satan um while tolerating the sin of man, so we needed to contend with the sin of man first. Okay. Was kind of the idea. So it's almost like uh like there's a there's a there's a, a rule that he instituted that he himself was abiding by, let's say. I don't know. Does that make sense? There was the okay. Um I I think I see where you're where you're going with that. I mean, because it's like, why couldn't God just, like, why did Satan have the freedom to kind of, like, Satan brought sin into the world, so why didn't God just, God just zap him and be like, all right, you're done? Yeah, yeah, clear, clearly God does, he just, he, he does, he, he limits right. himself at times for reasons that, that we don't entirely comprehend. Um, well, I mean, and, it, but I think that some of the self-limitation is predicated on preserving free will. Right. Well, I mean, in that instance, if he had punished Satan with that while letting man continue to like exist sinfully, or with a way without a way to reconcile themselves, I mean, wouldn't that be hypocrisy? Man, I need to think about that more. Yeah, like I like I see where you're going with that. I, I yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that that's really tough. Uh, the, the Job thing is so tough. I, I, like I'm not gonna bother reciting it for you, but like I I wrote some. Todd Gill would say it's not poetry, but some, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I sent him a poem once. I said, well, so what do you think? He's like, well, uh, it's okay, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure it's a poem. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Todd. But yeah, I wrote some about, about Job. Right. Because like what you, yeah, it's, it's hard to wrap my mind around. Yeah. All right. One of the verses that references here, we're getting plenty of extra verses. I'm going to back up to, it's Philippians 1. I'm going to do 3 through 6. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So I think we have to see another example of... Uh, that's just like 1 Corinthians. Yeah. And that's just like... Uh, the end, until the, the end. The, the end of First Thessalonians... It's the same as uh, uh, Revelation 1 through 3, the letters to the churches. Yeah, th- there's this sense that it's like, so So why should we be faithful? Well, because Jesus is coming back. Yeah. You know, the the, the kingdom of heaven is, is near. Yeah. So... The, 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 there, there are promises. This is the, the hard thing. There are all these promises that are laid out in the scriptures, and some of them have been fulfilled, and some of them haven't been fulfilled. And the importance of all the past fulfillments that we know about 
are because they give us confidence to trust that he's going to fulfill the rest of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, we see he's faithful, so I bet he's going to keep on being faithful. So maybe I should be faithful. Yeah. That's well, funny use the word confidence, the note here. Paul is confident not only of what God has done for, that's in quotes, the reader, the readers in forgiving their sins, but also what he has done in, that's in quotations, them. Work refers to God's activity in saving them. His return when their self, uh, Christ, day of Christ Jesus, his return when their salvation will be brought to completion. It is God who initiates salvation, who continues it, and who will one day bring it to its con- consummation. Okay, we certainly stretched out that, uh, what was that, a Corinthians verse? <laughs> oh, was that just one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we might not make it through all the, uh, I think we just covered a whole lot of attributes of God. We did. Let's hit up real quick. Uh, you want to grab Hebrews 10.23? Sure. And I'll grab First John 1.9, and that'll wrap up attributes of God. We need more flipping music. <laughs> Uh, what did I say? One nine. Did you say ten twenty three? Yes. You know, I don't know why at this point I haven't just run you a copy of this. Hey Byron, do you think you could run me a copy of uh, this? I'll see to it. See to it that I do. Okay. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah, like all of these verses in the New Testament, all of them are referencing the return of the Christ. Yeah. Well, at, when we were talking earlier, uh, I was wondering if the Hebrews passage would come up as an attribute of Christians, I guess, but here it is as an attribute of God. Um, and it seems that it's kind of in the context of, a, because God's faithful, let us continue to be faithful to him and, and, and to one another. Right. You know, which uh, I feel like some of this might even, when it comes to maybe our faithfulness, um, kind of comes back to like the discipline mm-hmm. and maybe even self-control, which we haven't taught about, talked about yet, where uh, to be faithful, to be faithful is to, to be constant. So what well, I guess where it came from was when you mentioned like people that in our church who, who are steadfast, you know? Yes. Several come to mind. Right. And so when I think of those folks, like I guess part of what comes to mind is I know if I walk into the doors of that building on, on a day where we're worshiping, they're going to be there. Right. You know? Right. But it's also not just that they're going to be there in the building, but that they're going to be present in other ways. Yeah. And have been present, yeah. In in other ways, like they they help, yeah. They encourage, they they think of of others before themselves, which is certainly something else. And and Miss Julius mentioned something along these lines this morning that I thought was really good. You know, kind of this idea of how people people can spend a lifetime coming to a church building on Sunday and hearing songs and hearing prayer, and and still be unmoved unaffected by it, it Mm -hmm. seems. And so I think there's, yeah, like there's something to that where being, being there and this might sound kind of like whatever, like um, I feel like this is like some, some of the words that people use now, but, and being present, (laughs) choosing to be present, you know, mindfulness, mindfulness. There you go, man. 
So, so whatever like new age word you need to understand what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. So it's not just physically being there. I, I, I'll tell you what it is, is right. It's uh, like I used to say to people, it's like, when you say you're going to work, is that the place you're going or the act you're going to do once you get there? Hmm. Cause you'll have folks that, yeah, they're physically at their place of work, but they're not doing anything, you know? Yeah. And of course, like the church isn't the building, the church is the, the, the community that happens to, to gather. Right. But so there. I guess you could do the same with like worship because people can tend to use worship as a noun. Like I'm going to attend worship this morning. Right. Yeah. Are you it, going to worship or are you going to worship? Yeah. It's a better verb than noun. Right. And so I think maybe that's some of them, some of what we're talking about. Yeah, here. sure. A person could absolutely be, you know, in a, in a quote unquote worship service every day and not do half a second of worshiping. Yeah. Which Again, to a point we've made, I probably ad nauseum at this point. I would rather, I would still prefer that you were there at worship, not worshiping, than to not be there. Sure. And and I think we've all had those days where our minds just we're we're, we're struggling with our mind to 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 be attentive. Um, well, okay, that that word that that's the whole key right there, there you because go. attending. I, I don't have we done a have have we done a a podcast on the word worship. Yet, hmm, I don't think so. Okay, I know we've that, talked about it. Cause you, you know, there's that. Was it Jonathan? Jonathan Pajo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pajo. Uh, he's he's been really helpful to me. He he gave me the just this really simple idea that worship is best understood as attention. And God, God's faithfulness is expressed. You know, like a like it would be for a, for a good shepherd, like you know, tending flocks. Yeah. You know, the shepherd attends. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, because attend isn't simply to like arrive in a place. Like like attendance. Yeah. Attendance is it's it's an active thing. I mean, otherwise you're just like you know the boy who cries wolf. Right. You know, you're just playing games. Let, okay, as you're saying that this something comes to mind. So let me let me see what you think of this because it's, it's funny when it comes to attention. I'm sure you've had this with, with Ellie where it's like, you're talking to them and you're like, are you listening to me? (laughs) I am really. What did I just say? And then they spit out what you just said. And it's like, okay. And so I, I'm sure I've said something like this to my kids. It's like, okay, so you heard me, but I need you to make me feel as though you're paying attention to me. So like, look at me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and again, like we talk about nonverbal communication, like when we're trying to teach somebody that, like we tell them like, you know, make eye contact, but not like awkwardly make eye contact, you yeah. know, give a nod every once in a while and, and, and give some speech that, that shows people that you're listening. So what, what we call that? Like active listening, right? Yeah, right. And so, uh, except that if it's not active, it's not listening. Right. And so, um, I think there's, I don't know. Is there something to that? So something that comes to mind is like, uh, we were at a park recently. We were at a park recently and they had security there. This was actually when we were up in Chicago and the, okay, that makes sense. There were signs all over the place saying that like, if, uh, the park was only for kids 12 and under, but like these slides were awesome. And so (laughs) believe it or not, it wasn't even me. It was just because Jessica's like, I think I'm going to try and go on that slide. And so, uh, she, uh, she sneaks around to this back corner. Did she gets Chicago parks and rec security called on her. She got, she got a, excuse me, ma'am. You're not allowed to go on that. And oh, so uh, man. it was funny initially when, uh, 
when we had, when she first got caught, we kind of sat down in the area and we're observing the security guards and it kind of looked like they were just hanging out in like the back corner of the park, like on their phones, not doing their job. And as we stood there for a while, what, what we, what we discovered is that's the place where all the adults try to sneak on the slide. So in reality, even though it didn't look like they were attending to their job, they knew exactly where to go, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you know, I wonder if there's something to, uh, um, I would feel more like they were competent security guards if they were being more attentive to their surroundings and less attentive to their device, let's say. Sure. And so, I don't know. Is there any correlation to what we were talking about? Man, okay. Being in church. What a job. Like, my job is to go to a park (laughs) in Chicago and tell the moms to get off the slide. Yeah. It's great. Right. But I guess my, my broad, my more, my broader point is, man, I would, like I said before, I would rather you are at least physically at church, even, even on a day where you're having trouble attending to worship. I wish I would rather that you attend, even though you can't attend. Right. I mean, people should do the right thing, even if they don't feel like doing it. Right. But then ultimately when we're in, when we're in the pew, and, and that's the thing that's it's so hard with like having your Bible on your phone and stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm being unfair, but when I see folks on their phone, I don't tend to think that they're reading their Bible. You know, it depends. It depends. What does it depend on? Well, if I mean, I'm certainly guilty, guilty of it where somebody will say something in the service sure. and if, if my Bible's not a good, you know, the resource isn't there. I'm, I'm on Google real quick. Like, where's this passage? That I can't well, how about this? If it's a person with whom I've had a conversation about the Bible, maybe the Bible's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And if it's a person with whom I've never had a conversation about the Bible, yeah, then maybe it's not the Bible on the phone. Right. I think at the end of the day, you know, I'm not trying to swing my plank around or cast any stones or fill in your analogy, but at the same time, like we need to attend church and then we need to be attending in church. Yeah. For so many reasons. I think first and foremost, because that's what God wants. Yeah. You know, and we owe him that, but then also it's kind of like maybe the example we're setting for the, the young folks around us perhaps. Yeah. Well, know? how about this? There's a lot of good things to attend to. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might get something out of it. Like seriously compare a good old hymn, both musically and lyrically to pop music. Yeah. Like, think about, okay, if I took the words of this song in the hymn book seriously, and then if, what would my life look like as opposed to if I took the words of a modern pop song seriously? Yeah. Like, what would that produce? What, what you, what, and what you're giving there is a good example of kind of what we're saying because, man, like, you know it's easy to come to a place come to a church and, and just as a young person, even or an old person or a young person, an old person's body and be like, Oh, this is boring. Oh, we're singing these same old songs again. Uh, you know, and, and and a lot of it is like, you're, you're choosing to take that. Like think for one whole minute about what that means. Yeah. Like that one line or that one word, like, what does that mean? Right there? There's like, I don't know how it could possibly be boring. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Goodness. Okay. Sorry. First John one nine. Yeah, that one's you. First John one nine says, "Where did it go? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness." I feel like I should just read 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. All right, so in terms of a aspect of God, faithfulness there, what do we got? So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins puri- uh, and purify us from all unrighteousness. I mean, it kind of seems that, once again, he, he, he upholds his end of the bargain of the covenant, if you will. He, he, he's trustworthy. Yeah. He's steady. All right. Do we even try to tackle attribute of Christians tonight? <laughs> Probably not. What do I got here? One, two, three. Yeah, there's four verses here. But but I'm saying that not because I don't want to discuss it further, but because I all of these examples and then the analogies that we've made or the connections, I think that pretty well deals with it because like so many of those verses, it, it's like it's talking about God and talking about Christians like like right there in the same verse. Yeah. So do we? Are you saying we don't need to do a part two? Oh, we we, we could certainly do a part two, um, but I, I also th- maybe you ought to you ought to run through them yeah. real quick just so I can can hear what they are like. I, I guess like like what what like maybe a keyword is or something like what does it say so or just, does it just give a list? It's just the list. I mean, you know, because I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll faithfully ensure that you have it in front of you next time. <laughs> uh, I mean, do we want to do that? Want to read these? Read each of these verses real quick. Oh, wait, or do I? Oh, you do. Yeah, go to page... 1975, 1979, yeah. Oh, yeah, because you got the same version of the Bible right now because you're using Owens. Uh, yeah. Galatians 5 is where it's it's in that opening. <laughs> you know, where the fruit of the Spirit are. Oh, wait, 1979. Like no, the, I do not. Like the Smashing Pumpkins song. Man, what... what a, what a hit. You're in Galatians Galatians 5? It's, oh, right. it's, it's paginated differently. Oh, yeah. I guess it probably would be because the it's a different size. Galatians 5. Turn to where 5 and 6. Turn a page. One page. One page. There oh, it is. There it is. Whoop. There it is. Found it. Okay. So we're down here, right? Luke. Yeah, faithfulness. Okay, attribute for Christians. You know what? Let, let's do it. Want to just read through them and see what it takes yeah, us? Okay. Yeah. Luke 16, 10 through 12. All right, I'm, I'm on it. Luke 10, Luke 16, 16, 10 through 12. 16, 10 through 12. Well, oh, I had it, and I just closed it on myself. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will, will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will love one and hate the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So parable of the shrewd manager there, which th- that's that's a that's a really interesting parable. That's that's the dude who uh, 
who, who, who go, he's about to get fired. And so he goes around and like settles as many debts as he possibly can. So that once he's fired, he has some friends. Yeah. See, but I mean, that sounds like what I talked about at the beginning where it's, uh, it's not a matter. It's not enough to just believe, but you have to pick a side. Yeah. Right. And so you have that part at the end where it's not, you can't serve both God and men. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think that's interesting because that's, that's, I think that's definitely an aspect of faithfulness. In fact, when you look up the word fidelity, faithfulness to a person, cause, or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. Um, and, and again, I think this becomes, this speaks to the element of choice as well. Because certainly there's people in the world who choose to be faithful to other things to include, uh, I guess, even Satan himself, right? Yeah, that that's a good question. Like I, I wonder if if you could say that that a person is faithfully something negative. I mean, I guess you could say that maybe kind of humorously or comedically. Mm-hmm. Like a faithful drunk or something. Right. Like I yeah, I, I guess so. But man, that, that just sort of turns it on its head. It does. I mean, because I guess we're, we're, that's almost a ma- more of a, not that loyalty isn't part of faithfulness, but I mean, back to your point about relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like to be faithful to your spouse is to, you know, uh, to only have eyes for her. I don't know. Your loyalties are with her. Right. I mean, could you imagine like a loyal adulterer? Right. Uh, and, and I guess in that situation, it's not so much that they're, well, I mean, I guess they could have loyalties to whoever the other party is. But that sort of seems like a contradiction in terms, right? I don't. What's a better way to say it then? I don't know. I mean, if can a person be reliably unreliable? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But 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 then ultimately, <laughs> you the, work with other humans, don't you? Uh, yeah, exactly. So ultimately, ultimately, uh, I mean, a person who can't be trusted. The person can't be trusted. It's you know, the person isn't isn't faithful. You can't you can't count on that person. You right. Can't, yeah. Yeah. But here with the parable of the shrewd manager, there were these people who had debts and the shrewd manager who was fixing to get, get the sack went around and cut them deals to close out the accounts and he ended up having friends that that would likely be useful to him later. Yeah. So he, he was, I don't know, I don't know everything that, that means, but it seems, seems like part of it is pro- probably has something to do with being forgiving. Okay. Let's keep this moving along. Yeah, I got the go next for one. Second Thessalonians one four. I guess we'll back up. It says Thanksgiving and prayer. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of all you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. I added a little bit there. <clears throat> so that's interesting. So this kind of is it's talking, discussing faith in the context of, of persecution, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I guess that's when, you know, it's, it, so we think about that, right? It's, it, it's easy to be faithful and everything's going right, you know, and so what can we take from that? It would seem that one of what should be an attribute of Christians is having 
faithfulness despite the circumstances, despite things like persecution. Right. I mean, you don't really know if somebody is faithful until hardship arrives and, hmm. you know, which that, that that's the point of, let's see. And I, I wonder if that that's where this next passage is going. It's uh, <clears throat> uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7. Uh, th- oh, this is talking about uh, Paul kind of at the end. But it, it speaks to the same thing. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Yeah. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so Paul, I mean, remember that Remember that time when, is it second... Second Corinthians, or is it, or is it Colossians, where where Paul gives that list of things that he's been through, you know, like mm-hmm. stoned and yep. shipwrecked, yeah, ab- abandoned, and you know, on and on and on. Yeah, folks were qu- kind of questioning his credibility, right? right? Yeah, and his credibility was everything that he suffered, yeah, without losing faith, right? Which, I mean, as you're saying that. I, I kind of feel like points back to the idea of, of living sacrifice because, you know, like, what did you say? So it, is it really faithfulness if it, if, if it's, if you can't, uh, what did you say? What is faithfulness and persecution? What was your point? You don't really know until the faith is tested. And, and Paul has a passage where, where he, he talks about that. Like, like your faith is, is being refined by persecutions and it becomes more precious than gold. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, the point I've made about sacrifice before, here's the correlation I'm trying to draw. Maybe you can help me work through this. I've said before, uh, it's only sacrifice if it's something of value. Right. And so it's the only thing is it's only really, so it seems like it's only, it's only really faith if it's been tested. I mean, mean, I I hate to bring this up. You're, you're in the army and everything, but simplify. Right. Always faithful. Right. I mean, do they say that because it's so easy? Yeah. That's I mean, because point. like Marine boot camp is so easy. Right. Or because the missions that they go on are so easy. Right. And everybody's always so safe and makes it home alive. Yeah. And if you think about uh, uh, whether it's like actual battle stories or just, you know, the, 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 the really light sense of that, which would be uh, athletic competition. Yeah. Or, or some sort of uh, like just physical task, something that's built, yeah. Or, or a race, a literal race that's run. The the accomplishment is that you said you were going to do it, and you did it, yeah. Despite the hardship. I mean, so so if you know when I when I played baseball. Um, anyway, friends that I have to this day with whom I played baseball, like what we talk about are some of the hardest times. Yeah. The, the things that would make us want to quit. Like if the coach arbitrarily decided that after practice for no apparent reason, he was going to make us run five miles. Yeah. Okay. Well we didn't quit. Yeah. We ran the stupid five miles. Right. Reg- I mean, mm-hmm. and and then, then we went about our lives after that. Yeah. And then we, you know, came, we came back the you next came back day the next day and we ran some more. Well, I think even coming back to the, to the relationship thing, I mean, you think about like wedding vows, you know, I, Byron, take you, Jessica, 
uh, to be my lawfully wedded wife and do solemnly swear to uphold and defend the Constitution. <laughs> wait, no, that's not right. Wrong one. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, wait, wait. Uh, were, were your, was it something like four score and seven years ago? Our fault. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's uh, in sickness and health, you know, yeah. till death do us part. Like, that's that's the faithfulness we're talking about where it's like, you know, you it, think you think about two young, attractive people in the prime of their life, nothing but potential getting married. You were a young, attractive person. <laughs> Was I? <laughs> no, I've definitely gotten, I've definitely seasoned well. Gotten... <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like you think about two young people, you know, young, vibrant youths, probably attractive, nothing but potential at the beginning of their lives, like in a lot of ways, uh, I want to say it seems easy. It's probably seems easy because they're in love probably in that, like, yeah, more of the, uh, Eros type love. Sure. It's not agape yet. You know, it's not even philia at that. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) maybe maybe not. Yeah. Right. It's not even companionship. Well, it's nothing near companionship. Right. So I mean, it might be feely. Right. (laughs) Right. But you know, so, and, and, and so what is it? And, and why is that? Like, it hasn't been tested. Right. You know, but when yeah. people start getting sick or you start seeing things about their character, maybe you had, didn't know, you know, right. or, uh, you know, they start getting older and, you know, like that's when, that's when the faithfulness is tested and that's when, that's what makes it exceptional, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also the only thing that, that makes it last right i mean things that aren't steady aren't very steady <laughs> yes I, I know i just use use the definition in the subject and and the or use that word in the subject and the predicate things that are steady <laughs> yeah things that are are unstable are inherently unsteady yeah is that what you mean yeah exactly yeah. i mean i know that's kind of a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say but but i i think that it holds because if, if we're talking about steadiness well okay it's it's got to remain steady even when there are things that try to unsteady it right or it ain't so steady Mm -hmm. which i mean you know how many things do we do where we talk about having a a solid foundation or a good base or, or 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 whatever like yeah all right we got one more one more. Last Titus. One. Titus 2.10. I'm already there. And it says, <clears throat> oh, those are small numbers. Here we go. I'm going to back up to nine. Teach slaves to be subject to their master in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. Is that the right thing? Am I in the right place? Must be. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Titus 2.10. So what do we extract from that? <clears throat> and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Yeah. I mean, so if there is a person who's a believer, mm-hmm. their implications in relationships even relationships that might not be preferred. Well, let's be clear. Or relationships that might not be ideal. Well, we're talking about relationships, and this whole section pertains to relationships, old men, young men, right? In fact... Old women, young women. 
I want to say this is one of the passages we used when we talked about, when I talked about leadership, right? Yeah. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set them an example by doing what is good and your teaching show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you, right? So this idea of... All of that sounds like faithfulness. Certainly, right? And it's, it's, it's faithfulness to them, but it's also faithfulness to faithfulness to God and, and, or to them by way of God, let's say, or from God by way of, I mean, part of God's faithfulness is putting faithful people in our lives. Right. Yeah. You know, so that we're, we're without excuse. Hmm. You know, there's no way that I can possibly say, God, you never showed me what a faithful person looks like. Right. Like I know about Jesus and all that, but like, you know, that was 2000 years ago. So I'm sort of lost here. Well, and if you think about, you know, uh, the conversations we've had with the young people about what, you know, I, I know one of the things we talked about relationships recently, we've talked about it in the past, uh, Proverbs 20, Proverbs 31, 31. Right. And, uh, one of the things we discussed though, is having, you know, a God centered relationship, but re- really what we're talking about there is faithfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, if, if you are both, followers of Christ, you both love God, you're going to be faithful to him. And if you're being faithful to him, you're obeying his commandments, you're being faithful to one another. So it's, it's kind of like almost like an insurance policy, let's say. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I think, I think the idea too is the idea of, um, that, that which binds. So it, it goes back to, to the word, uh, religion mm-hmm. and, and, and the root of that word that we've talked about recently so what is actually strong enough to bind people together? Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, like, like in, the, in the highest sense. I mean, th- there's, there's a manner in which being neighbors binds people together. Yeah. A, a, a manner. Yeah. But th- there's another manner in which um, coming from the same uh, parents biologically binds people together. Right. But we, we know that those things break down. Yeah. I mean, they can break down. They're, they're prone yeah. to breaking down. And so if those, if those lesser things that can bind but cannot bind perfectly are not within the context of a, of a hierarchy um, that, that goes all the way to God himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you said insurance policy. Yeah. Yeah, like Jesus has to be, you might say it's the foundation or you might say the highest aim and, and whether you, whether you you go with the kind of the high heaven or the low, meaning like foundation cornerstone, uh, is a very biblical image yeah. to use. Hmm. We're we're talking about the same thing. Like that's the only thing sufficiently solid on which we can build, or that's the only thing sufficiently high that we can rightly aim at. Right, and I mean certainly, if somebody is a follower of Christ, they should be more stable. But at the same time our faithfulness to other people where that's again, being faithful to something that's inherently unstable, you know, that would be mm-hmm. like lashing two ships together on an open <clears throat> sea. But if we're both moored to the same pier and in, in God, and then also maybe, uh, lashed to one another, I don't know. There's something there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like it, so, so you're in a boat. What, what do you, like what do you use to navigate the North star or the moon? Right. Or, I mean, no, that's not, a good not, one. like not even a boat necessarily, but yeah. you know, in a situation where you're at night navigating. Yeah. Right. 
No, that's good. You pick the thing that doesn't move. Right. Yep. That's good. That's probably a good final thought. It might be a good final thought. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So that'll wrap up. What was this one? Faithfulness. <laughs> Faithfulness. Come on, Byron. All right, we got two more. Two more, of course. Then that's you know inter or dispersed between the other two weeks you've got. Gentleness and self control. Yes, I think self control will be interesting. And here's a teaser. Flip to your. You got your chart open there. What do you I know? Got my chart. What do you notice about self control as compared to the other ones? It's not an attribute of God. It's really. Yeah, I don't know. That that's weird. Yeah. I think that'll be a topic of conversation. I think it will be. Why would they leave the matrix blank? I think we'll have to red pill everybody, or at least the uh, the authors of the Zondarin study notes. Okay. Anything else? That's it. All right. I think you're up. All right. Lord, thank you um, for your faithfulness, and I pray that you would help us to be more faithful and to be more like Jesus. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for him, and I pray that he'll return soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.